Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Punts, Punts, and Jams podcast. This is going to be a good one. This is right now. It's July 28th. That means we're past all the Power Five media days. We're sitting here right before practice starts up for these teams. I mean, heck, you know, you can go right now and be a billionaire tomorrow night if you buy the right lottery ticket. Uh, The market's up. Everybody's happy. Everybody's doing good. It's been a good day for everybody. Let's talk some college football. Let's cap off this night and get to the Friday morning start off right and talk Power 5 college football because it's almost here. Less than 31 days away, and we're going to see toe meat leather and get this thing going. So with that said, we've got a special guest tonight. We've got the champ here. we got Matt Champion joining us here, and uh, I just want to welcome him in. I appreciate you joining us, man. Oh, yeah, appreciate it. It's going to be fun. Looking forward to it. So Matt goes way back with me. We we met in college. He's a big time football guy. He's a he was a high school football coach, and he just all around knowledgeable guy about uh, the sport, especially college football. And I know that he's going to bring a ton of energy and a ton of you know knowledge to this conversation. So I'm excited about having him. And of course, I want to welcome in my co-host Cody Kurt. What's up, Clay Dodd? Thanks for uh, joining us, Matt. Good talking to you again, man. Oh yeah, man. Glad to be here. It's good to I ain't talked to you in a while, but it's good it's good to talk to you, man. It has been a minute, as they say, as the kids say these days. So as we get started into this, what we're gonna do tonight for anybody out there listening is we're gonna break down at least four things in these conferences. We're gonna go winner of each division. We're gonna talk about the overall conference winner, and then we're gonna talk about overrated and underrated teams. And along the way, you may hear some things. We may talk about some players, maybe some coaching changes, just some topics that, you know, really fit into the conference and what we're heading into the 2022 college football season. So the first conference that we're going to talk about is the ACC. And I just want to know what you guys think. Who's going to win the Atlantic and the Coastal? Who's going to come out of this thing? Is there going to be an upset? Is there going to be the general, you know, Clemson going to dominate as always? What's going to happen in the ACC? And I'm going to turn this over to our guests first. So, Matt, tell me what you think about the ACC. Uh, I think they, uh, <laughs> they're very top-heavy. Um, they have a lot of big names, but uh, I, I still think Clemson's the, the top dog, even though they didn't even make it to the championship game last year. Um, they just really have a bunch of big-name teams, but uh, they haven't done anything in a while. Um this year, I really think uh, Clemson's going to find its way back to the top. And I also think uh, a team that's been kind of midland, mid-tier to trying to get there is going to find its way back up. And I don't know uh, – I really think that has a lot to do with the new NIL rules. They brought in a lot of new kids. They brought in a new coach. Um, <clears throat> but mostly, um, I think it'll be these two teams. Uh, I really think it'll be Clemson and Miami. Uh, playing for the championship, and I would I would take Clemson in that game. Okay. Uh, but I really think uh, – I mean, Wake Forest and Pitt played in it last year. I mean, what else can you say about that other than it's Wake Forest and Pitt? Pitt, lo- Pitt loses their quarterback. That was uh, a really good story and uh, a really good player. 
they lose their top receiver. I believe he went to USC. Um, they they just kind of fell up. I, I won't say they fell apart at the seams, but I just don't think they're going to be the same team. And, and Wake Forest is Wake Forest. Uh, uh, some things really get back in order with this conference this year to me. Uh, I really think uh, Miami's going to climb back up. They got Mario Cristobal from Oregon. Of course, he played for Miami. He even played uh, – he played for Miami when they played against Alabama in the 92 championship game. So, he's definitely a hurricane. He's also, obviously, the former offensive line coach at the University of Alabama. So, he's a Nick Saban pedigree guy. Uh, I really think Miami's going to try to turn the page. You know, paying players has always been their kind of thing. So, uh, especially from the 80s. <laughs> Right. Uh, so I think they'll fit right in with this new NIL that's really changing the the uh, landscape of college football. Um, for my sleepers, I put Florida State. Yes, I know they have sucked, uh, but I don't think uh, they're going to be terrible for long. They've brought in some kids. They've had a year uh, with their new coach uh, that they got from uh, Memphis. His name's escaping me right now, but Mike Norvell. That's him, and uh, I think he'll get it turned around. I mean, it is Florida State. There is so much talent in the state of Florida at a high school. Uh, Alabama and Georgia have uh, been good at cherry-picking that. They really uh, – Florida, Florida State, Miami have done a good job of, of tightening down the uh, the borders for recruiting. Uh, but I really think uh, Florida State might sneak up on somebody – uh, I also have the Virginia Tech Hokies. They've, you know, they kind of fell off the earth there for a little while, but they've gotten steadily better each year. Uh, they've got their new coach too. He kind of struggled in his first year, but uh, they've they've overall done a little bit better. Now this isn't going to make much sense because I know I just talked them up. Overrated, uh, overrated. I'm always going to put the Miami Hurricanes up there. You know, <laughs> we all we, that's all we heard about before they played Alabama last year was you know how good this team was, and they ended up not being very good at all. Uh, but I really think the the culture change uh, is going to help them. But I still think they they're, they're going to catch a lot of hype uh, just because they are the Hurricanes. And the other team is the North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, I think the Max Mac Brown experiment has kind of ran its course. It's and they they lost Sam Howell to the NFL draft. You know the Tar Heels. That's that's a school to me that should be better in football than they are historically, but they just can't seem to get over the hump. Right, Cody. What do you think, man? What do you, what do you any uh, rebuttals to that or any uh, agreements? I say anything else yeah. because I I think you said it all, and I have. Clemson over Miami as well. I mean, I think a few months ago, I, I thought Miami was about to change the game. And as far as recruiting goes, I mean, they're they're used to paying regardless if it was legal or not. So, and I know they have a ton of money down there in Miami. So uh, that that's not a shocker at all that that we, we think Miami can go to the championship game, but I do think Clemson is, is going to pull it out and kind of restore dominance uh, as we've seen in the past. But, you know, it's it's kind of like Alabama back in 2010. You go, you know, 10-3, and kind of win a mediocre bowl game, and people were panicking, you know, like, what's going on? This team lost three games. It's kind of the same thing with – with Clemson, uh, you know, 
they lose three games and they win their bowl game and get the ten games. So, is it was it really that bad of a year? Right. That that's who I got overrated. I'm I'm kind of with Matt as well. I don't I don't think Pitt is going to be as good as they were last year. Obviously, um, I, I know it's they've got great defensive line talent. They always have. North Carolina State, they just don't do it for me this year. So that's kind of my overrated team and an underrated team. Um, I I really like Georgia Tech. Uh, I, I feel like they've got a lot of a lot of young talent coming in, and uh, they're still kind of getting over the three yards in a cloud of dust era. But uh, I th- I think they're going to be a tough out. They may not win eight or nine games. But they're they're not going to be an easy win for everybody like in the past. Yeah, totally agree. You know the thing about Miami is that now the money that they're handing their players will just be taxed. I mean that's the only difference in what they've been doing in the last few years. Um, as as far as Pitt, I agree with y'all. I think they're a little overrated for sure. I think that losing a quarterback like they did, and here's the thing, they turned around and uh, I think they picked up. Kendon Slovis from USC, and I, honestly, I feel like that trade for the receiver, that uh, kid, let's see if I can find his name real quick, or Jordan that. Addison, um, him going to USC and them getting Slovis was – they should have got some extra draft picks in that trade. I, don't, I just feel like that's a, a terrible deal there. Um, as far as <laughs> they, – They got to get the general manager. Uh, right. I mean, you got to do something different, right? Um, uh, you know, the thing about Miami and Matt hit on this big time was them changing up coaches. I, I'm a fan of Chris Ball, his time, of course, with Alabama, what he did at Oregon, but also people forget the Heat. I don't know what happened at FIU, but something you know, he's like Matt said, he's from that area, he played at Miami, and FIU kind of shares a campus with Miami down there. And you know, he was kind of he had him in the right direction, and then all of a sudden, they say, No, he's gone. And everybody kind of was left scratching their head. But then also, they pick up Kevin Steele as a defensive coordinator. So, they've got the names there. They've got – and I can't remember who they've got as an offensive coordinator at the moment. But, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where, like you said, exactly, they can win the division or they can come out and miss a bowl game. It's a hit or miss. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, in between. I don't. And Miami is one of those places that – they could come out with all the talent in the world, and then if they lose a game or two, just like they did against Alabama in the first game of the year, they turn around and don't do anything the rest of the time, right? They just completely like they just lay down. It's just it's over. They you know it's, they get the poor me real quick, right? It's it's almost like it's championship or bust with a team and a program that isn't going to the championship. I mean, it's just that it's almost like they just have too much in their head. But uh, I like this picks for you guys. Clemson, Miami, I agree. I think, you know, Clemson getting back on top is definitely going to be, I think, their quarterback. I know he he slimmed down a lot, uh, ukulele, and uh, I don't know if he's, you know, necessarily in a better situation as far as his game shape. But but I I know he's worked physically this offseason to get into shape. I don't even – sorry, Clay. I don't even think it's that. I just think that offensive line was one of the worst terrible in the country last year. Um, I mean, you could have put him on Alabama's team, and Alabama would probably win, you know, eleven games. Uh, yeah. 
you know, not much change really. But he he just didn't have anybody to block for him. I mean, he's obviously got talent. I mean, he he just does. I mean, you you can't be that big of a specimen and not have talent. I mean, he you you've seen him. I mean, he played really well against. Uh, I wouldn't say well. He played really tough against Georgia. Sure. Uh, you know, he had that one bad pass. But other than that, I mean, he he's kind of the reason they did move the six at all. Yeah. Uh, and we know better than anybody how good that defense could be from Georgia. So, uh, yeah. you know, they they lost that game. But other than that, you know, I mean, you take away – if you don't play Georgia last year, you know, Clemson probably – if you play somebody more mediocre uh, and Clemson gets off to a hotter start, you know, it wouldn't have shocked me if they had went undefeated and went to the playoffs again. But that Georgia loss kind of deflated them a little bit. It did. You're absolutely right. So let's move on to the Big 12. Now, Big 12, as you know, does not have divisions. So this is pretty much going to be pick your top two in the conference and then talk about who you want to, who you think is going to win the conference overall. Several changes to big names in Big 12, especially at Oklahoma, as far as head coaches. And, and they really overhauled the entire roster pretty much. And so, Matt, I'm really curious to know if you think – or if you think they're going to, uh, you know, come out and dominate like they normally do or if they're going to take a step back. Uh, they might take a step back, Clay, but uh, when you're 25 steps in front of everybody else, that step back really isn't that big of a deal. Right. Um, Oklahoma – is uh, Oklahoma still my team in the Big 12, even though, like you said, they have a new coach, they have a lot of turnover. Uh, I don't know. Oklahoma is just – they are the big boy in the Big 12 and and have been for some time And until, until someone really knocks them off. Yes, I know they didn't go to the championship game last year because they got beat uh, in a really good game with uh, Oklahoma State and Bedlam. Uh, but um, – I really, until Oklahoma is consistently uh, just down, I'm not going to go against them. I got them and Oklahoma State uh, in the championship game. Yes, I know that would be like they have Bedlam two weeks in a row. We almost had it this past year. Uh, But uh, I would have Oklahoma and Oklahoma State in the championship game, and I would take Oklahoma in that game. Uh, my sleeper in the Big 12 might be a little biased right here because this is a team that I really have always liked. I've always uh, I've always kind of um, followed them. I really wish they were in the SEC. I think they would fit well in the SEC, and that's the West Virginia Mountaineers. I re- they've got JT Daniels coming from Georgia. Yes, I know it's JT Daniels, but I never he never really got a shot at Georgia, in my opinion, even with that uh, a really good Georgia team. They um, – uh, I really think they're going to bounce back. They did not have a good year last year, but I really think they can sneak up on some people this year. Um, overrated as far as the Big 12, uh, Texas. I mean, can can we stop talking about Texas until they do something? Uh, they are uh, – they all, all we do is hear about Texas, and, you know, then they go eight and four, seven and five and go to the, the uh, you know, the McDonald's New Orleans Bowl and, you know <laughs> – it's it's the same thing every year, same song and dance. Uh, my other overrated team, no offense to them, because they they always seem to pull it out of a hat, and that's Baylor. Um, I just uh, Baylor sent they they had a good year last year. They won the Big Twelve, but it seems like they always go up and down. 
uh, they'll have a good year. Then they'll have a couple of years where they're not so good. So I'm just going to follow that trend and say Baylor will probably be on the downswing. Uh, Cody, what do you think about it? I'm actually going to disagree a little bit on this one. I I think Oklahoma does take a step back, a a lot of steps back, actually. They're they're going from being used to offense, 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 and Venables is not going to be that. I mean, he is going to be Bob Stoops 2.0. I mean, they're going to want to pressure the quarterback, do all those things, and not turn the ball over. And that that's kind of what got Oklahoma into some trouble when they would go, you know, all offense. I just don't think they have the roster to play the kind of ball that, that Venables wants yet. And I'm not saying they're going to be terrible, but, you know, nine and three, eight and four maybe uh, this year. And then next year will be, you know, a really big step for them up. And they might win 10 or 11 games again. Uh, but But my winner is Baylor. I think they they do have it going on. The, those guys can play defense. They're they're not a, a typical quote unquote Big Twelve defense. Um, I, I think Aranda's got them not going in the right direction. They they are the direction. So what whatever way Aranda's pointing, that that's the the way I'm I'm going. So I actually have Baylor uh, doing really well this year, and. A team that's kind of underrated, in my opinion, is TCU. They have two great options at quarterback coming back. Whoever they go with is going to be awesome. Um, and I, I'm not going to lie, as as an Alabama fan, uh, September 10th is going to be, I think, anything but fun. Uh, there, Sarkeesian is is going to have a game plan that that is going to stress our defense. Uh, Probably more than any offense in the SEC until we get to Lane Kiffin. He's, I mean, they, you know, and Sark basically are the same offensive, you know, minds. So, and Bijan Robinson could could be in New York if they win nine or ten games. And I'm not going to say the the unspeakable thing if they do happen to beat the Crimson Tide, but. Oh. Uh, I'm not going to say that, but I think even if he has 150 yards against Alabama and a loss, and then they go on and win nine or ten games, and he's, you know, outrushed everybody by 800 yards. I mean, he he's that good. I mean, he he's that dude. Uh, and there there's just so many athletes on that Texas team now that they they didn't have in the past. So you know, Charlie Strong was trash. Uh, Herman was trash. The last three years, the Mac Brown are trash, um, and I, I think Sark kind of went through that Saban year where they lose Kansas, which is kind of like losing to Monroe, maybe worse, I don't know. Uh, but he kind of got all the the attitudes from the previous regime kind of out. Now the the crazy thing is he did add attitudes with Ajay Hall and Billingsley, so that's weird, but. Uh, you know, other than those two guys, uh, that that's going to be kind of something I'm going to keep an eye on. Because heck, I mean, we know Ajay Hall has. Got, I mean, he was open basically every play in the Georgia game last year. He just didn't catch the ball. I mean, he he can get open against Georgia. 
defensive back. He can get open against anybody. So he's got talent. Billingsley, you know, he, he can get open when he wants to. He, he just didn't care. So um, that's a, a big thing I'm watching for Texas. You know, they could go nine and three or they can go four and eight, five and seven and starts on the hot seat. So, uh, but I, I think TCU underrated and uh, Texas is kind of that team that I'm, you know, just sitting on the fence on waiting to see what happens. Hope, hopefully they did for sure have one loss in September. I'm going to talk about uh, coaches a little bit because to me, there's a coach in this area and, and Matt brought him up while I go the team, but I feel like I had a lot more expectations for Neil Brown at West Virginia. I thought that he was going to go up there and really get them guys fired up and do a lot. Now this year, as Matt did mention, they pick up the second of three USC transfers in the last two years at quarterback. And that is JT Daniels. Now JT, in my opinion, just took a year off and went and hung out in Athens, Georgia. I mean, I, he didn't really do anything. So, um, he didn't get like a lot a of chance time, to play. Actually. Do what? Sounds like a good time. I mean, from what I hear, it would be a great time. So I, I feel he got like a ring out of it. He did. He went and got a ring out of it. He just had to sit there and kind of wait. And we didn't know for a long time if he was hurt or if he wasn't hurt or what was going on there. I really didn't even know if he was a real person for a while. <laughs> but uh, you know, Neil Brown. I just, like I said, I, I had a lot of hope that he was going to come out and do some things. Uh, do you have something to say about that? Matt? Yeah, I was just going to say Stetson Bennett knows where some bodies are buried or something. That's true. That's very I, true. I, I love Kirby Smart, even though he, he is the coach of that uh, that other team that is now our uh, sacred rival. Uh, they, uh, it just, it never understood. I mean, they won it all, so he must be a genius. Uh, but I never understood starting Stetson Bennett over JT Daniels. Still don't. And I, that's nothing I, against the kid. I think he's got a lot of heart, but I mean, I mean, he'll put a lot of heart in a Hugo. You're not going to win many races. That's right. I, I think here's kind of the why Kirby did what he did. I, the more I think about it, the more I think that he kind of knew the SEC championship game was, you know, whatever. You know, if we lose, we're in. Do I want to beat them? Yes, but if we lose, is it going to be the worst thing ever? And uh, Kirby's kind of like saving in the fact that a motivated Kirby Smart is probably better than an unmotivated Kirby Smart. So they got to play the, you know, revenge factor. And he was like, why do I need to change quarterbacks right now? My defense is scoring more than the other offenses are scoring. So, kind of why change a good thing and if you look at it he i mean he didn't play he kind of had that mac jones iron bowl game uh against alabama in the sec championship he made a couple mistakes but he also had a ton of yards and you know some touchdowns too so uh, he played really well against alabama other than you know two bad throws maybe but you know, I just kind of think Kirby knew he had had kind of a an easy out in the SEC championship game, and kind of hey, we'll we'll get you next time. Fortunately, next time was in a month. So, so my next going along with my coaches in the Big Twelve, my next one would be Oklahoma. I was never a fan of Lincoln Riley. 
to me, he's always been handed everything. He when he was at ECU before he went to Oklahoma to even be a, a coordinator, you know, there was reports of I can't remember the coach's name at ECU at the time, but he called Bob Stoops and and pretty much said, you know, a week before the final, you know, before rivalry week, and, and pretty much said, Hey, this kid needs a job and, and was it rough and well. I think it was rough and McNeil. And I mean, who, who does that? You know, so it's kind of been a, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yell. Was it rough and McNeil? <laughs> well, rough and McNeil is a loud person. I've seen him talk. So he's, you know, that's right there with it. Uh, but you know, I, I honestly, I don't know what Brett's going to do up there at Oklahoma, but I will say that I, I don't think that they really took a step back as far as coaches. I, I like Lincoln Riley as a, a coordinator. I just think he's real overrated as a is, head uh, coach. He he's a front runner if I've ever seen one. He is. You know, he absolutely is. They're winning. My gosh, is it pretty to watch? But give them a little bit of controversy, you know, with Caleb Williams, Spencer Rattler, and man, it goes downhill quickly. Uh, to to the point that he wanted to switch jobs at Oklahoma, which is easily a, a top five firm of all time. So. Now, sure. he, he went to USC, but uh, – But it's kind of – it kind of goes to my point of, you know, it, I don't want to say USC was handed to him, but they went out – it's almost like the athletic director really wasn't paying attention to college football. If he would have been, he would see that Riley is a great offensive coordinator, great mind, has no idea how to coach – be a head coach, in my opinion. When you've got that kind of talent, you should win 10 games just by putting the jersey on He's he's not a grinder for sure. Like he he doesn't seem like he enjoys the the process. You know, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, he's about the glitz and the glam, but he doesn't want to do all the the behind the scenes things that that maybe a <laughs> might. Right. I will say there's two other coaches in this conference that I really do like. Unfortunately, one of them in my opinion, it has stayed too long at his school, and that's Matt Campbell. I'm, I'm afraid the wheels are going to start coming off the bus. Hat, his hat's stupid. Yeah, yeah, I agree there. But I, I just – I feel like he – I feel like he may have stayed a little too long, and it is, we're going downhill from here. It may be gradual. I'm not saying he's going to come out and not win a game. I'm just saying it's not going to be the 10-win seasons that they've they've enjoyed the last few years. Well, how, how funny is this, Clay? Like, the, the coach, the Auburn – uh, I mean, uh, Iowa State coach that they should have went after, Auburn didn't go after. Right. That is – that's a great point. They were too early to Iowa State. Yeah, too early. <laughs> so, the coach that I really, I really like, and Cody, you've heard me talk about him at least the last two years, and, and that's Coach Klein at Kansas State. I it, think that he Coach is – Coach Klein? <laughs> coach Klein. I think he is a, a heck of a hire. I feel like they are actually going to – Take a step forward this year. That would be my underrated team. Uh, they get Adrian Martinez from Nebraska, and I know he hasn't been great, but he's a guy who you can at least – he's got experience, and he may be able to bring a little bit of that and help you in a few games where you didn't have it in the past. So I really like who they've got as their coordinators and everything. I, I, I just really think that that team – Kansas State's one of those that when you don't expect them to be good, they're good. When they're expected to do good, you might as well bet the house against them. And they're kind of like, kind of like uh, Iowa, you know. They're they're exactly like Iowa. So it's uh, 
that's crazy. But um, before we move on to the Pac-12, and that is what what the Pac-12 is at the moment, we don't know what it's going to be tomorrow or the next day. But before we get there, let me mention Underdog Fantasy Sports. They are sponsoring this podcast and this episode. So if you haven't downloaded Underdog Fantasy Sports, go do so. Whatever deposit you put in, up to $100, they will match it if you use code PBJ. And I will also link it in the description of this episode. So make sure you go support those guys. They support us. And uh, it is a lot of fun. They've got all sorts of games and things on there. And uh, it's football season is about to be here. Obviously, we're talking about it now. And it's a great time to go get it and get ready for football season in just a few weeks. So with that said, let's jump over to the Pac-12. The Pac-12 that is with currently with USC and UCLA, which will be Big Ten teams. I'm still confused about all that. We've got Oregon, Washington talking about reaching out to folks. I mean, that's got to be a big-time money play for any conference to get Oregon involved. Uh, you've got teams like Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State looking at maybe going to the Big 12. I mean, that conference, they just signed a new deal for – TV rights, it's pretty much laughable what they got in money per team. And I think those athletic directors, those presidents, those big-time uh, boosters are starting to look at that and realize they're going to have to jump ship. So we don't even know if we're going to have a Pac-12 conference in years to come. But right now, we're going to break down who we still want or we think will win this conference. So, Matt, I'm going to let you go first. Who you got in the south and even in the north of the Pac-12? Uh, in the north, uh, I'm going to stick with the uh, Oregon Ducks. They uh, the the Pac-12 right now really reminds me a lot of the ACC. Uh, you really have uh, a one team and a bunch of other uh, one team that's going to be good to pretty good to might you know on a, in a on a really good day do some wild things, uh, and that's Oregon. And then you got everybody else. Um, so I've got Oregon come out of the north. Uh, I, I didn't want to kind of drop in when y'all were talking about Lincoln Riley. I'm not a huge Lincoln Riley fan myself. I feel I feel like Clay does. He's kind of been he's kind of been silver spooned his whole college career. Now that being said, he he can uh, he can get some offenses together and he can get an offense to put up some good numbers. Um, and I really think him going into USC. Uh, they got talent at USC. They haven't done anything with it, but they've got some. They've got some horses in USC. They're they're always going to have horses at USC. Trojan, uh, sir. <laughs> they have some Trojan horses, you might say. <laughs> yeah, they do. And um, I really think uh, USC is going to come out of the South, mainly because other than Utah, who else do they play? Um, UCLA kind of got off to a hot start last year, and then they fell off the map. I mean, they played uh, they played a doo doo LSU game uh, team, but did beat them. Uh, but um, mm. other than USC, who is in, uh, or maybe Utah, and USC, who's in the South? I mean, Arizona, Arizona State. I don't even know if they have a pulse anymore. Mm. Uh, Colorado is not been relevant for a while. Um, uh, so I, I'm I'm taking USC, and that's mainly because they they brought Caleb Williams over, who's a good quarterback. They brought over Lincoln Riley. Uh, what's up, Jordan Addison from Pitt? They, yeah, they brought him in. I was really hoping Alabama would get him, uh, but he decided to go out west. Uh, 
what what's something y'all everything y'all said about Lincoln Riley I agree with, but something that that y'all didn't mention that I that I really think is did Lincoln Riley really want to play SEC defenses here in a couple of years, game in and game out? I, I don't think so. Uh, and people might get mad. Oh, you saying Lincoln Riley's scared? Hell yeah, he's scared. He doesn't want to play LSU, Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, Georgia, week in, week out. Um, it, it wasn't going to bode well for him because anytime he did get in a big-time game, and all you got to do is look back a couple of years ago when Alabama played him, uh, he, got his, uh, he got his lunch handed to him. So uh, he, he's going to go out there where there's not a whole lot of competition. He's getting paid big bucks to hang out in L.A. to coach, you know, their their team that they, they act like they care about, but they really don't. They only care about them when they're winning. Um, uh, go ahead. I, I, do, I do think that's what his intentions were. I don't think Lincoln Riley knew that they were going to go to the Big Ten, however, because – the no, big, he didn't, and and that may or may not happen. It looks like it might happen, but I mean, I I guess I, I keep saying the same thing over and over again. But I mean, does anybody other than Ohio State in the Big Ten really scare anybody? I mean, they miss, Michigan did beat Ohio State pretty pretty good. Yeah, I know, but. I, Michigan is liable to fall off a cliff tomorrow, too. I, I just don't think – they've shown no consistency under Jim Harbaugh to me. I mean, to me, it's still Ohio State up there and, and kind of everybody else. Um, and then, you know, M- Michigan plays Georgia and gets their teeth kicked in, which a, a lot of people would have got their kick a teeth kicked in by Georgia. But, um, but back to the Pac-12, I, you know – you know, I hope they don't disintegrate the Pac-12. It's it's just – I think that's going to be bad for college football. But, you know, if they can't get more money for their teams than what they're getting, do you really blame them? Nope. As far as my sleepers, uh, Clay knows Clay knows who, who my heart goes to in the Pac-12. I got one team that I actually <laughs> like, and that's the Washington State Cougars. God love them. They're, 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 you know, last year they had a little bit better year than I thought they would. Um being post Mike Leach, I really, I really hated when Mike Leach left, especially to go to Mississippi State, uh, because now I can't like him, even though I still do. <laughs> and uh, I like as my sleepers, I got Wazoo and I got Washington. I, uh, the Huskies always seem to come out of nowhere and, and have a good year, um, even though they're in a poor conference. Uh, overrated, we talked about them earlier. Definitely UCLA. Uh, a lot of people are going to start talking big about UCLA. They usually do, and then nothing comes up of it. It's it's like they're the sexy pick every year. You know, ooh, look at UCLA, and then they go uh, six and six. You know, five and five and seven, something like that. Absolutely, I totally agree with that. What you're talking about there with UCLA for sure. I, I know they've got that quarterback coming back, Dorian Thompson Robinson, but I mean, he's one guy. The rest of the team yeah, sucks. He's good. He's a good ball player, but there's nothing around him. Yeah, and you, you know, he's not playing defense. He's not on special teams. So, like, what are you going to do when the, you know, the other sixty percent of the the game that he's not on the field? I mean, you can only do so much as one player in big time college football like that. And I just don't see what he's going to do to help his team overall. He's going to jump up, and there's going to be games where he puts up. 150 yards rushing, 350 yards passing, and they and they upset somebody. You know, it could be USC, it could be somebody on the, from the north or whatever. But it's not going to be 
week in and week out. Like folks, like you said, always seem to put them up there, and they're just not. They're just not good. So, Cody, who do you who are you pulling for this year? Who do you think is going to really jump out there and take away with this? And and can Oregon? You know, Matt picked them to take the North. Can uh, can Oregon come out with a brand new system, brand new coach, and everything, and do that, or or you got somebody else? I'm just going to skip straight to it. There's been a lot of talk about the Pac-12. Utah is winning the conference. That That's my take. I think Utah is going to do it this year. So, uh, they got an outside shot at the playoffs. I think because the the uh, SEC and Big Ten are so good, I think they get they get left out. But I think, I think Utah is doing it this year. Their defense is going to be top ten in the country. They've always got a good line and good running back. So, th- that's my pick, and I'm sticking to it. I got you. There's nothing wrong with that. So, Pac-12, like y'all were talking about. They're a very good program, very consistent program. I think that's a good pick. I think their coach is one of the most underrated pick, underrated coaches in, in college football. I mean, he's oh, been there for, what, different. 25 years now? I mean, it's been forever. Probably and it's At least 20, maybe 15 to 20 for sure. And, I, and, you know, you, you take a coach like that that survives moving conferences. You don't see that a lot. You you see somebody who they'll take up to that move and then they'll chop it, right? So he he dominated the WAC for a little while or maybe the Mountain West, whichever one they were in, Mountain and then West. Mountain West. West. And then they come over to the Pac-12 and immediately started contending. I mean, you know, they've had their years where they were down. There was but, no drop-off. They came on in and did their thing. Yeah, and he's just continued to do it year in and year out. And a lot of times he does it with kids who are JC transfers or or guys. You know, they, he went down to Miami a few years ago and picked up a running back, a quarterback, and a receiver from a high school in Miami, brought them to Utah, and they were really good. And, I mean, he just – you know, he, he does some of the off-the-wall things that you never can really – Tell they've always got some big defensive lineman, some you know Samoan guy that, that you've never heard of that just goes out there and plays 65, 70 snaps a game and dominates and can't be moved off the nose. And then you turn around and they've got some running back that's dominant, you know, and so they, it's consistent. Like they're just one of those teams. He's able to put key players in key positions and uh, and move forward and. The next conference we're going to go to is we're going to go the Big Two. We're going to go Big Ten and then SEC. And like I just said, we're going to start with the Big Ten. And ultimately, there's one team in this conference that everybody's already wrote in as the plan for the national championship. But I want to hear what you guys think. This is one of those years where I fully expect Ohio State to come out like gangbusters. But the rest of the conference is going to be a lot of fun to watch. So what you got there, Matt? Uh, I'm right on board with you. Uh, I got Ohio State winning it. Um, I, I'm not a big Ohio State fan. I never have been, but I, I respect them. And uh, I like their coach a lot. I think Ryan Day's a very good head coach. I think he's a good person. Um, I really like Ryan Day. I just don't like the team he coaches. Uh, I got I got them coming out of uh, – thank God they got rid of the leaders and legends or whatever they used to be called. Now it's a good now it's good old-fashioned East and West. I got Ohio State coming out of the East. Um, I know all their good teams are, like, right there bunched together. But if you look at this conference, uh, 
it's just not laid out very well. Um, I mean, you got Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, all in the same con- uh, same division. And it, it makes it it, it makes it sense ge- geography wise, but it just makes for a poor championship game matchup because the rest of the conference is pretty much uh, boo boo, other than Wisconsin and Iowa coming out of the West. Um, but I got them beating Wisconsin in the championship game. Uh, I could very well see Iowa in that game uh, with them, uh, but I went with the Badgers. That was the, you know, that's kind of the bigger name. Uh, I think they kind of not get back, even though, like I said, it, it really wouldn't surprise me if the Hawkeyes are back in that game again. Uh, Iowa is a very consistent uh, program. Kirk Ferentz is a very good coach. Um, but I really think it is the big two. In that, uh, I, but I, I don't. I don't even know if I'd call him that this year with Michigan. I, I'm not a Jim Harbaugh fan. I just don't. Uh, he, I'm just not a big Jim Harbaugh fan. Uh, Michigan is a blue blood college football uh, school program, whatever, and they are. It's they are consistently mediocre under him. Uh, they they just don't meet expectations. They had a very good year last year. And yes, they did beat Ohio State, and uh, they they beat it pretty. They did it pretty convincingly, but uh, until I see otherwise, I just don't have a whole lot of faith in Michigan and them being consistently good or that consistently good. Um, so I'm gonna go with Ohio State and Wisconsin in the championship game, and I got the Buckeyes winning it and and going to the playoff. Um, as far as sleepers. Y'all really need to watch out for them Spartans. Uh, they've got Mel Tucker up there, another saving protege. He went to Colorado, then he went over to Michigan State after uh, uh, D'Antonio retired, another saving protege. Uh, Mel Tucker's a, a really good coach. I thought he was a really good defensive coordinator when he was at Alabama. Um, he To me, he has really gotten Michigan State headed back in the right direction. They're always there right up under the surface uh, ready to – ready to you know strike and come out of nowhere and i think they they very well could do that this year um if they slip on up on ohio state but that is a i mean you've got penn state michigan ohio state and michigan state all in the same division that's a tough division it's probably the second toughest division in the country behind the sec west um but michigan state is a I really think they could make some noise. I just like what Mel Tucker's doing. He's building a, a good program up there. Overrated. I've already talked about the Wolverines. My other overrated, Penn State. I, I just they. It's like they can't get around the corner. Um, they they'll upset Ohio State here and there every other year, but um, I, I uh, what's the guy that came from Vanderbilt? My brain just went dead. That's James a, Franklin. Yeah, James Franklin. Um, I think he's a good coach, but he's not a great coach. And it just seems like Penn State goes two steps forward and one step back. And uh, I really think Penn State just – I don't know if they've got it. They might finish fourth in their division. Um, That's about what I got, guys. Oh, my other sleeper, I don't know, the Gophers. That guy at Minnesota, um, I was reading an article about him today. Uh, he's a different dude, but Minnesota, all, since he's been there, Minnesota has uh, has really just uh, – they're, they're the wild card. They can really slip up on some people. Um, they, they had a really good year two years ago. I think it was the COVID year or the year before that. I can't remember. But um, that's my other sleeper is the Golden Gophers. Golden Gophers, man. I, 
I'm going to nerd out on you a little bit. That stadium, I love it. It was designed to to be at least uh, four to five degrees warmer in the coldest months of the year. The way it is it's open in on one corner, it's crazy. It, it builds a vortex. I know that's crazy. I told you I was going to nerd out. But just every time I think about that place, I think about I, I've never heard of it. Is. Pretty awesome. Yeah, it, it somehow it, it catches the wind in the winter. You know, they're in those games where it's it's snow and of course it's cold. We're talking four or five degrees, but when you're when you mention, you know, going from uh thirty to thirty five, that's a big deal, right? So it's uh it's just really cool and uh it's a design that they went with and it, it works. Uh when they went from being in a dome to wanting to have their own on campus stadium and be out, you know, in the open air. Hey, and uh yeah. You know what would be really awesome if we could get Bryant Denny one of those fifteen degrees cooler. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That would be great because those September games in Bryant Denny, and, and of course we play the two thirty CBS game no matter what. Uh, when it's the hottest of you know, do not sit on the student side. <laughs> oh my God, that was the Florida game in two thousand fourteen was hell on wasn't, earth. Wasn't it fun? Oh man, yeah. I, Ever Clay was when we went to the Penn State Alabama. Oh, and Penn State was uh, Penn. So okay, Penn State was the first time that I ever met Matt. You remember we were in line? Fun fact: I met Clay Dodd in line. Yep. <laughs> I was uh, wearing my hat, my my rice picker hat, and it rained a little bit. If you remember, and I was totally dry. Everybody around me was a little bit, you know, wet from the rain, and it God it was humid. It was uh, all right. I don't think there was one person there that didn't look like they'd just taken a bath. Oh, it was crazy. And it, but the, but we, we all got to go in there and watch Joe Pyle hang out in yeah. the middle of the field with Nick Saban. So it was that was that was absolutely absolutely worth it. And I know uh, his reputation got tarnished, but man, Joe Paul was a, to me he was a legend as far as football goes. Um just X's and O's on the field and what he did. Taking Penn State from a um a um I can't even think, a independent team to go into the Big Ten and consistently being what they were for so many years before he, he right. honestly was just there too long. <laughs> Do what? They were in the Big East for a while too, weren't they? I were they in the Big so. East? Yeah. I was thinking they were, yeah, a, a, were independent in for a little while. Okay. Yeah. Big okay. East, Big Ten, I believe, is their, their route to, to fourth. Yeah. I think you when know, the Big East fell apart, that's when they went to the Big Ten. Yeah. I got you. It's, it's – uh, other sitting the basketball, man, those old Big East uh, oh. turn Madison Square Garden were the best thing ever to watch. Oh, the the what was it seven overtime game with Syracuse and um, I can't remember, but I remember watching the game. I remember staying up, and I'm not even a huge basketball fan. I was just you couldn't turn it off. I mean, you kept going to another overtime, another overtime. It was awesome, but um, yeah, it was it's really cool. The Big East, you know, conferences realignment as we're going through that again, it's always funny to me that teams like Arkansas, Texas, Texas A&M, uh, we're all in the big, um, what was it? The big West conference or, uh, or no, it was, I think it's called Southwest. Southwest. Yeah. yeah. The Southwest conference. And now they're in the Southeast conference. So it's just or something. Fun. Yeah. It, the big eight for a while, Yeah, a big eight for a little while. And then uh, became the Big Twelve after that. But it's just funny to me they went from the southwest to the southeast and they didn't move. You right. know, they, <laughs> it's not like they moved the campus. <laughs> the Big Ten's going to have sixteen teams, so that makes sense. 
Right. Yeah. These names, uh, honestly, we're blessed in the SEC being the SEC, even though we're, we're looking at, you know, we're obviously picking up Oklahoma, Texas. There's no telling where we'll go with other teams. I think we're going to get Virginia and uh, probably the only thing is with Duke, I don't think they want to join the SEC. Uh, but I would love to get like West Virginia and North Carolina. Yeah. That, those are my two dream schools. I think West Virginia fits in. With, and I think North Carolina, Kentucky basketball rivalry would be epic. Yeah, I agree there. So, Cody, what do you got in the Big Ten? Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Matt. My bad. I, I was just going to say, I don't know if you've ever been to a Clemson game. It's 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 SEC it's SEC esque. Those those guys they travel well. It is they love their school. So I'm, I mean, you know, I, I'd like to have North Carolina in there too, and I really would love to. I think West Virginia would fit in there well, but I'm sorry, Clemson is an SEC school that's never been allowed in the SEC. Maybe they have. Maybe they were back in the day or something. But I. Mm-hmm. Been to a game of theirs a couple of times. Clemson would fit right in. So there is a clause, and I've read this. So you know, I'm not holding the the book of rules or anything, but I I have read that there is a clause from the original. What was it? Ten members of the SEC way back when we had Swanee, Tulane, Georgia Tech. Those teams were in the SEC mm-hmm. when they first created the conference. There was a clause wrote in that if a team ever left they could rejoin without a vote. And while I don't think any of them would ever do that, it's just still fun. Obviously, Swanee don't even have a football team. But, you know, Georgia Tech, Tulane could join into the SEC without even having to host a vote. That would be crazy. They, You know, most of the time, of course, you have to to, – a team has to apply to the conference. They have to – uh, the other teams obviously have to have a certain number of votes. You know, if it's 14, they may have to have 13 votes for that team to get in. But those original members, I have read an article, like I said, it may be completely false, but I, I just really, it blew my mind. I was like, Georgia Tech and Tulane could at any time decide they want to be part of the SEC and get part of that profit share. Well, one of my, jump right in. my favorite SEC stats. For the longest time, Georgia Tech had more SEC championships than Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're tied now. Well, uh, it it took a dod to do that, so you know you're welcome. There you um, go. <laughs> I know Georgia Tech not the sexy pick like a Clemson or North Carolina, but it wouldn't hurt my feelings to see the Yellow Jackets back in the SEC. Well, then we pick up the varsity cool. if that happens. That'd be pretty neat. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it, it's not like it, we're not hurting for another academic school, right? So, Cody, what do you think about the Big Ten? We we got off there a little bit, but what do you think? Who do you have with the conference and the divisions in the conference? I'm going to go straight Pac-12 on you, like I did earlier. We we've talked at nauseum about it. It's Ohio State's year. Um, I, I don't. I think the their their division games are going to be way tougher than whoever they play in the Big Ten championship. I mean, it, Wisconsin, Iowa, Purdue, Northwestern, whoever, it doesn't really matter. Uh, <clears throat> but I, I do want to talk about the underrated teams. I, I do think Purdue is one of those teams you do not want to play. Their, their offenses are going to be, you know, gunslinging everywhere, throwing yeah. six games. 
They've got another wide receiver that's going to go pro this year. They, there's wide receivers coming out of Purdue, you know, like every year now. It, it's just um, Brom's got it really going. And, and I think they could go eight and four, maybe nine and three if they beat the right team. So that that's my underrated team and overrated. I, th- I think Matt hit the, the nail on the head there. I, I think Penn State, they're, they're going to have a hard time winning seven games this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Aiden O'Connell at Purdue is going to come out and have a year. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm sorry? Penn State comes to Auburn this year. I said as long as they beat Auburn. There you go. I like that. Penn State. I mean, I like Penn State better than Ohio State and Michigan, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Speaking of Auburn, we were talking about Auburn and Georgia Tech. Have you all ever heard the story where Auburn was coming into town and they greased the tracks, the, the railroad? That's yep. so good, man. That's so good. They had to walk like a mile to get back to Atlanta, back to the stadium. That's so Heisman. good. Wasn't Heisman the coach or something? Yeah, Heisman was at Auburn at that time. Bobby, It was before Bobby died, of course. But Georgia Tech and Auburn was, a, a from what I understand, a pretty good rival. But, you know, and, they're in so, I mean, it's Sure, like, it's an in-state rival. That's true. Right. So. That's very true. So, all right, guys. So, this one brings us to the – the true granddaddy of them all, not the Rose Bowl. The true, the conference that matters the most because it just, it just means more, right? Uh, like and the God for college football. <laughs> so, here we go with the one that everybody's been waiting on, the one that I know we've been waiting on. And before we pick who we think is going to the playoffs and, and ultimately the national champion, I need to know from you, champion, who's going to win the SEC. Uh, shocker, it's going to be Alabama. Um, you know, in, in the I know there's, I'm sure if there's any Georgia fans that listen, they're going to be. Uh, by the way, are Georgia fans, have y'all ever met a more insecure group of people after coming off of a national championship run? I mean, yeah, I, I don't know who rent who lives more rent free in the, someone else's head with uh, you know, Trump living in the rent-free uh, in the heads of Democrats or, or Alabama living rent-free <laughs> in the head of Georgia fans because they, they really beat the brakes off of us in the championship game, uh, you know, and we can make every excuse what we want to. But, we, you know, we got our lunch pail handed to us in that game. But the way they act, they're just still scared. Um, but either way, <laughs> Alabama and, and Georgia back in Atlanta, and I've got Bama winning that game. Um, I don't think Georgia's going to be quite as good as they were last year. I think Georgia's going. I think Georgia's going to be a good team, uh, and they'll easily win the West. Um, I'll talk about their competition here in a minute, but I, I really think, uh, uh, you know, I, I think Cody talked about uh, someone earlier. Would you rather have an unmotivated person or a motivated person? Uh, I think Nick Saban might be a tad bit motivated this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, he's got these two guys named Bryce Young and Will Anderson. I think they might be a tad, especially Will. I think uh, they might be a tad bit motivated too. Um, I, I think Alabama. I'm not saying we can't that we're just going to go and murder ball everybody. I, you know, we were talking about it earlier. I do think our trip to Austin, Texas, is going to be a tough one, and God forbid we lose. But I, I don't think we will. But that's going to be a tough game. But um, I really think 
you you're going to have a pissed off Alabama this year, and and y'all have fun with that. Um, as far as the rest of the SEC goes, uh, the SEC West is really Alabama uh, and everybody else. There's really, you know, I know we've had this beef with Jimbo and Nick. Um, you know, Jimbo. I, I used to like Jimbo, but you know, I guess my bammer is just coming out in me now. I just can't stand him because he just. I mean, just be quiet, dude. You beat us one time, and, you know, now you're calling out our coach who used to be your boss, who is definitely your superior as far as uh, the upper echelon of college coaches. I mean, you had Florida State handed to you, and you won one, barely won one national championship with a goofy quarterback at Florida State uh, against a – a very up and coming underdog Auburn team. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, it's just there. God, God love, God have mercy on Texas A&M when they walk into Tuscaloosa in September, because I don't think the Crimson Tide's going to have mercy on them. Um, but I, I really think it's Bama and everybody else in the West. I do think Ole Miss is going to give us a game just because it's Kiffin. Uh, Kiffin's my boy, and I know Clay's a little partial to the Rebel, uh, the Rebel Bears too. Uh, <laughs> but I really think Ole Miss is—they're uh, just going to keep it rolling. I don't know if they'll be as good as they were last year, but I still think they're going to be a tough out with that offense and Lane Kiffin, especially against us. Uh, it, you know, Lane Kiffin is uh, the greatest troll of all time. I love him, uh, <laughs> and it would—it would. It would really go a long way in Lane Kiffin world for them to upset Alabama. But other than that, I really just don't see any teams. Arkansas is going to be better, but I really don't, you know, I got a lot of Arkansas fans chirping at me saying that they're going to beat us in Fayetteville. (laughs) You know, stranger things have happened, but I don't see it happening. As far as the East, um, I think Georgia will win it, and I think they might run away with it. But I really think Kentucky – is going to have a really good year. Um, they were good last year. Uh, they're going to be a tough out for everybody. I really like Kentucky. I like what uh, Stoops is doing up there. They're going to be good. Um, and I know that's not something we say all that often about Kentucky football, but I really think the Wildcats are going to have a good year. I really think Tennessee's going to be improved. Um, Tennessee really hit the wall, uh, obviously, over the last decade or so. But this new coach, I really think he knows what he's doing. Uh, if they can get past the – I still don't know what happened with Pruitt. It really surprised me how bad that got ran into the ground by Coach Pruitt. But um, I really think the guy that Tennessee has now, they're going to be doing real well. They have a Heisman contending possibly quarterback uh, in Hendon Hooker. He had a really good year last year at the end of the year. Um but I still think uh, Georgia's going to win it. Uh, as far as overrated teams, uh, Texas A&M. I mean, they're, the 12th man is a checkbook over there right now, and I, you can't tell me any different. You, you've had so-so recruiting classes by the same coach the past five years, and then all of a sudden you're the first um, – the first recruiting class out of somewhere. Yeah. Someone went and found some old money in a haystack somewhere, buddy. It, that's <laughs> what. So yeah, the, the 12th is a checkbook is, is possibly a t-shirt that I might buy and sell. Uh, but yeah, NM's overrated. 
as far as the East, I mean, it's the East. Uh, Florida, poor Florida. Uh, I actually drove through Gainesville today. I'd never seen the campus. Wanted to go see the campus. Uh, Florida, much like me going to that, I really thought, hey, I'm going to go to Florida's campus. I've never seen it. I bet you it's pristine. It's nice. I bet you the stadium's awesome. Uh, kind of like their football team now, they're all named. The, the, the campus is a dump. Their stadium's a dump. <laughs> I was really disappointed. Uh, I don't know if they have any pressure washers in Gainesville, Florida, but they need to go to Home Depot and get some. Um, I, I mean, there's literally just concrete stains everywhere. I mean, but either way, uh, that I, that would be my two overrated teams, even though I don't think people are expecting a whole lot out of Florida. Texas A&M and Florida just seem overrated, even though the SEC is a whole, whole lot more fun when Florida's good. I just don't think they're going to be that good this year. Um, as far as everybody else, LSU, Brian Kelly's a clown until further notice. I don't know what's going to happen with them. Mississippi State, that's an odd marriage between Starkville and Mike Leach. That I don't know what's going to happen with that. They might be good and they might be terrible. Uh, Auburn, I live in Auburn. I've never seen the Auburn fan. I mean this. I've lived here, was born here, grew up here. I've never seen the Auburn fan base more just lethargic than I have this year. And they are just it's like they're being led to the guillotine. They're waiting for their head to get cut that's, off. Oh, that's and what I they they are yeah they are a basketball school. I mean, I go talk to Auburn fans and they're ready for November. They're ready to roll out the round balls. I'm like, I thought y'all had a football team, you know, uh, but <laughs> the, it is uh, it's kind of sad, uh, not to me, but it is kind of sad that Auburn is just it's, they've given up. I mean, I guess they're ready to go pay another coach a quadrillion dollars a year just to go away. Um, he never was a good fit. I mean, I just. You hear people talk around here. I mean, when you have people that hated uh, Gus Malzahn, Gus was a good guy. He just coached the wrong team. I've met him a couple of times. Gus is a good fella. He just, you know, he's an Auburn coach, so he had some cool points taken off. But uh, they they wanted Gus gone, and now they would, you know, they would probably give their firstborn child or at least their right kidney to have Gus back. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you know, Florida – like you said, I've been to that campus. Not pretty. The only thing that Florida has ever done is keep the ugly girls out of Florida State for since the 1800s. I mean, <laughs> it's whatever. <laughs> and, I mean, Kentucky, I love Kentucky. I think Mark Stoops, I, I wouldn't put him anywhere else. I don't think he would do the same job. If he got one of these big-time jobs, he would go in and, and fail miserably and get fired in three years. But what he's done at Kentucky is awesome. It's fun to watch. I like the – chip on your shoulder, you know, let's run downhill and, and you better buck up, buddy, because I'm coming at you kind of thing, kind of football. I, I enjoy watching that. I love that style. Um, I think that Clark Lee at Vanderbilt may be the most uh, – I thought Georgia was the most delusional. I think Clark Lee may be the most delusional person in the world. Um, Arkansas, I think, is the overrated, boys. I think Arkansas, to me – is lining up for one of those years where they're expected to do a lot, and they come out and go five and seven. I really do. And I like Sam Pittman. I like what he's doing. I like him as a person. He seems like an awesome person to be around, awesome coach. I like the program. I like where it's at. 
I, I just this particular year, 2022, just feels like one of those years to me where they, they are so hyped. They're so thinking that they're going to come out, and now they got a target. They're not going to upset people. They're going to be hitting the mouth where they hadn't been in the last couple of years. And I think that they are going to take a step back. Ole Miss has got a – like you said, I, I do have that um, tie there. And uh, I'm a fan of the campus. Love Oxford, Mississippi, one of my favorite places in this world. But they went out and dominated the transfer portal. Uh, got the number one running back, number one quarterback, one of the top receivers in the transfer portal at the time. That what they did, but it's all offense. And they're going to have a defense. Somebody. They're going to get somebody, but they're going to have to outscore them. And that's one of the things where they've not had a good defense in a while, and it's going to be worse this year. Uh, so they're going to have to score some points, and they're going to, have to wear some folks down, just run them off the field. So I hope their conditioning this summer is is top dog because if it's not. They're going to get just as tired as the team they're playing. Um, as far as – I think South Carolina could scare some folks. I, I like Shane Beamer. I, I didn't know how he's going to be as a head coach. The guy seems to be a player's coach. He seems to get guys going. And at a school like South Carolina, that's what you need because you you need them to buy in 100%, and I think he's got a chance to do so. Um, and I'm really excited to hear what Cody thinks about the SEC. I, I have a feeling that – like you and I, Matt, Cody's going to pick a team that um, he's, he's going to have come Auburn on that. in Atlanta. Got <laughs> <laughs> an in-state trip in early December. Uh, no, uh, I'll just go ahead and do the order real quick. Um, Mississippi State, seven. Auburn, six. Arkansas, five. LSU, four. Ole Miss, three. A&M, two. And then the king sits up top on the throne. Uh, in the east, obviously, you got Clark Lee's national champions at seven. <laughs> <laughs> About that comment where he said that he expects to compete for national championships. Maybe I, in chess, but not in checkers like we play in the SEC. I don't care what you say. We're going to hit you in the mouth. Go I bet those else. guys are good at trivial pursuit. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to realize, I'm at Vanderbilt. I'm making a lot of money. Just, just shut up and take your take your lunch and just go home and eat it. <laughs> you don't have to give coach speak when you're at Va- Vanderbilt, man. Like nobody cares what you say anyway. Uh, Cody, real quick before you move on from Vanderbilt, I've got something off the wall. I, I've got to say, I'm you know digging into some more of this nerd stuff and uh, found this very humorous. You're definitely a nerd. I, uh, I am. I'm absolutely a nerd. But about 25 years ago, Vanderbilt was looking to uh, expand. I don't know if y'all have been to Vanderbilt's campus. It is landlocked. There's, it's right in the middle of Nashville. There's, there's nowhere to go. And the president at Vanderbilt met with some landowners. It's, it's kind of on one side of Vanderbilt's campus. There is a uh, industrial area, and it's actually patrolled or was by the university's police force that, you know, they kind of went outside the campus a little bit to try and control uh, what would come onto campus. I guess you could say, keep the crime rate down. And he was looking to buy about 10 to 15 city blocks worth of commercial real estate. And a lot of the owners of that commercial real estate was asking a very expensive price because they're in the middle of Nashville. It's commercial real estate and yada, yada. 
So what was the fix to that? Well, you go to your police force and you have them stop patrolling the area. Within a year and a half, the prices of that commercial real estate was cut in half. So just had to throw that in there. That was one of the ultimate, um, we're up here in society, you're down here, and I took care of you. So anyways, maybe they're the national champion of uh, playing a little swindle game with with real estate. (laughs) Hang the banner. (laughs) Uh, And then number six, I've got uh, the Missouri as Coach Wimp Sanderson calls them, Missouri. Uh, <laughs> number five, I've got the Gamecocks. Mm-hmm. Number four, I've got the Florida Gators. Number three, I have the Kentucky Wildcats. Number two, I have our biggest rival, the Tennessee Volunteers. And number one, Kirby Smart's national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. So I need to know something from both of you guys. What do you think about um, – and of course, his name just left my my head here. But uh, the court, the coach down at Florida, God, uh, Napier, Napier, yes. What do you guys think about Napier? Because I've been before I forgot his name just now. I've been banging that drum for a long time that I really thought that would be a good fit for Alabama when he got when Saban stepped down. But he went to Florida, and so I highly doubt that's going to happen. But what do you guys think about him? Does he have a shot? In Gainesville uh, over the years, well, I, he was a good recruiter at Alabama, but apparently he can't. Um, apparently he can't recruit um, fish to jump in the water right now down there. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's it is a McElwain. Go ahead. That's what McElwain had. Yeah, yeah, McElwain yeah. had the great pedigree, but. I mean, he finished like 58th in recruiting one year, and I'm like, how do you even do that in Florida? Yeah, you should right. dominate Florida just by default of region where you're at. I mean, you I mean, be 14. I mean, after seeing their campus today, I kind of understand why people don't want to go there. But I mean, how do you not, with the pedigree that is the Gators, especially in the I mean, when I grew up in the nineties and I know I'm a little bit older than y'all, you know, that was Florida's heyday. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was Gators, Gators, Gators. And how do you not, you know, even though that was a little while ago, that's a lot of tradition. That's Danny but, Werfel, Steve Spurrier. How do you not sell that? And Urban Mike. Yeah, I know, but it, it's just there's a lot of history there. And how do you not recruit Florida? I mean well, you know, I heard a really good point the other day that I honestly had not put two and two together on, and and that is when I can't remember. I think it was about five years ago now when the cost of attendance package got released from the NCAA. So you know, before they were trying to fight NIL, you had the cost of attendance package that was released, and what that did to recruiting was something I, I never even realized. And that was that, you know, back in the 90s, like you're referring to, and, and, a, and even before that, really, even when Florida wasn't great, the one thing they could do was they could recruit as we're the SEC school in the state of Florida. And you could keep those kids local because they wanted their family to come see them, right? You got these big five stars that wanted their cousins and 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 friends and, and just different ones to be able to come see them. So they would stay 
right there in Gainesville, any, even guys that they would, could go down and get near Miami would be willing to stay there because they could play in the SEC at the top level and they could still stay in the state of Florida. But when the uh, cost of um, attendance came out, what that did, one of the things it did was it provided travel for family. And I had never even thought about that as far as, you know, of course your big names, uh, USC's done it for 50 years where they would go out and get a kid from New Jersey. I mean, they just recruited nationally. But a lot of times, you know, you had your schools recruiting regionally and you had your even your big five stars would stay regional for a lot of reasons, and that was one of them. Where now, with obviously it's a lot easier. Everybody can be seen on TV. Everybody can be kept up with 24 hours a day on social media. And also, everybody they want to come to their games are now paid for to travel there by the school. So it completely wiped out all of that. And now I think that is really biting Florida where it hurts. Never heard that take. That is pretty interesting. Yeah, it was it, it opened my eyes because it's you would think you could win nine, ten games a year at least, though, just off of oh, absolutely. the kids that like I want to be a Florida Gator. Absolutely. I, mean, I totally Florida, agree. Florida's got some they just grow football studs in that state. That's right. That's that's exactly right. They just I mean, you can throw a rock at any high school in Florida. And I mean, it's the same thing as in Texas, Georgia, California. You, you could throw a rock, and you're going to hit guys that they may not be five stars, but but they can dang play, and they can come play um, from day one. And, you know, they, they've got the size, they've got the talent, they've got the speed. They can do what you need them to do. And you should, like you said, you you know, we break down recruits with you know star ratings one through five. There's a big difference even inside of those that I would argue, you know, you take three stars. You can have a three-star that maybe he doesn't have the football IQ, but he's got the speed. And then you can have another uh, three-star that is, in my opinion, a totally different uh, group where he's got the football IQ. He may run a tenth of a second slower, but he knows where to be every play. And you can win with those guys. You know, if you can be a step ahead, you can win. You can win with that group. And I think Florida, even if you're not able to keep those in-state guys that, you know, winning uh, Under Armour All-American, you know, accolades and things like that, you should still be able to, like you said, win nine or ten games just off the pure talent, even that is not rated as high, but just straight-up talent around you. And it's not even like Florida's down in either Florida State or Miami is up. All of them have been terrible. Yeah. And it's it just it's mind-blowing that all of those schools have not – at least one of them hasn't been that good in the last couple of years. Right. I mean, I mean we, we, we played a pretty good, tough Florida team a couple of years ago in Atlanta, but, uh, I mean, that's, that's, not your, that's not your daddy's Florida team. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, so guys, we went through the conferences. We know who – now we know who we think is going to win. But we hadn't talked about the playoffs. So, who are y'all's four teams? And, Matt, go first. Um, who's the four teams that you got going to the playoffs and ultimately winning this whole thing? Um, this took me a minute to really think about it, but I really think – this year you might see more of the same that we saw last year 
I've got Bama and Clemson playing each other, and I've got Ohio State and Georgia playing each other. I think Bama and Georgia both get back in, but I think this time I really, I really think Ohio State is going to be gangbusters this year. I've, I've got Ohio State taking out Georgia. I've got Bama beating Clemson. I've got Bama on Ohio State in the championship game. And I've got the uh, the crown coming back to the head that wears it best uh, with the Alabama Crimson Tide. Nice. I like it. Cody, who you got, man? Retweet. <laughs> Ditto, huh? I hear you. I mean, I, it's hard to think that we're going to have a playoff this year that doesn't have those names in it, honestly. It seems like right now on paper that those teams – will separate themselves from everybody else. Um, I'm hoping that there's chaos. To me, college football is always better when there's there's chaos, right? And as long – there can be as much chaos as possible as long as our team finishes on top. Um, that's all that matters. But I do agree. I think that this is lining up to be one of those years where we do get some of the, the bigger names that have been over the last 10 years are right back at the top and uh, doing their thing. Totally agree. <laughs> So, uh, so guys, that that's everything. Is that everything you guys have for college football before we get into some rapid fire questions? Oh, uh, who y'all got for the Heisman? I think Stroud's got to win it. I mean, like y'all said, it, what he's got up there around him and the offense that he's in fits him pers- perfect. I think the favorite is going to be the winner. I mean, he is by far the favorite this year, even over Bryce, and uh, I think he'll take it home. Yeah. Uh, I, I really <laughs> – call me a bammer. I, I think Stroud will be in New York, but I really think uh, – I think Bryce Young will be up there again. Uh, Tennessee, uh, Hendon Hooker, if uh, if he has a whole year like he did the back end of the year last year, he can go to New York. Um, just because uh, the media is going to want somebody from USC, even if they're remotely good. I've got uh, Jackson Dart their quarterback coming up. Ooh. I, um, I Ole Miss? Yeah. I mean, he's um, he's supposed to be some kind of real deal. Lincoln Riley likes him, even though he took Caleb Williams with him over there. Uh, you might see a dark horse in Jackson Dart for the Eisman. Uh, speaking of dark horses, I don't think it'll happen unless he has some kind of monster Derek Thomas type year and has like 30-something sacks. I would love to see Will Anderson in New York. Yes, I'm a bammer. Yes, no, that's he, well, but yeah. if you can't, even if you hate Alabama, if you can't love Will Anderson and how he plays and how he carries himself, uh, you got problems. I would just love to see that kid make it to New York. And I, even though he's a super duper long shot to win it. Yeah, well, I mean, somebody, go ahead, I was talking to somebody, and the only reason I don't think will if will wasn't going to go last year i don't think he's going to go and here's my reasoning this year dallas turner is going to take away a lot of stats from will anderson so i don't think he's going to have the stats that he did a year ago that that's kind of true that's great point that's kind of my take he might have nine sacks but he might just as he might have just a dominant a year. It's just he's getting double teamed, and Dallas Turner may even have more sacks than him. Uh, but Dallas Turner is definitely not going to New York. So, 
what a, a wonderful problem that we have. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I'm it's sad about it. I think we might have the same amount of sacks as last year. I just think they're going to yeah. be divvied up a little more. You know, last year, I mean, obviously I was proud of Bryce. I mean, it's great. Uh, Cody picked Bryce at the start of the year to win the Heisman last year, and he did. Um, but I will say that I was so disappointed that Will Anderson get picked and the kids from Michigan get sent. And I'm like, come on. I mean, it's not even close. He was trash. It wasn't even close. I mean, it was a slap in the face. It's like they wrote down the wrong name or something to who was going. I mean, <laughs> Will seriously. Anderson, for anybody other than Alabama, he would have been up there. They just – I'm telling you, they, they, they can't uh, – maybe I'm, I've got my tenfold hat on, but it, it just seems like even though it was another SEC team during the championship game, <laughs> they wanted us to lose so bad. And they definitely didn't want to have Bama to have two people in New York uh, for the Heisman. <laughs> definitely one off the offense, one off the defense. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I love Bryce Young. I was super proud of him. Uh, he has uh, – I think he has the uh, team around him where he might be back up there again. Will he win it? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but, you know, I like our chances. So – as we move on, this is something, Matt, we love to do on the PBJ. We finish every episode with what we call rapid-fire questions. Of course, sometimes we get a little more into debating them or whatnot. And, and, uh, but it's three questions. Uh, the first one I'm going to give you guys is a football-related question. And then we're going to move away from football and really – well, not all sports, but move away from football. And uh, I just want your take on these things. Uh, of course, just like we've done the entire episode – Matt, I'm going to let you answer first, and then Cody, and then I'll give my take as we move on to the next one. So the very first question is, and I want you guys to think about not only the position, but also the era of football. I want to know what if you were going to be a standout in any era of football, it doesn't matter about the team, I'm just talking position, what era and what position would it be? To be a standout in college football, or yeah, just any you know, uh, let's like right now everybody's throwing the ball, right? So, uh, receiver or quarterback's gonna be the where you go. Um, any era that you know could be a defensive lineman in the '60s. I mean, anybody that you see these names and they've stuck in time of college football, they're legends. But what position and era would you be in? Um, I would love to be a standout quarterback uh, at any uh, any it, just, uh, any decade between the '80s and now. Mm, okay, because so moving it, from the fun and gun to the spread over that time. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the game has changed so much since the early '80s to now. It, I mean, to be a a stud quarterback at at any given time during that era, you're having a good time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the quarterback we know is always going to get the, you know, the pat on the back, right? You're always, you're automatically, you, you've got a little bit easier path as long as you're not just terrible. Uh, and, it, and like you said, over the time, now would you go, I would say, would you rather be under center or in shotgun as a quarterback and stand out? Would you rather be the five wide and, and throwing it all over the field? Or would you better rather be the five step drop and tie Detmer and throwing it straight down the field? No, we're we're going shoddy with with four wide. I got you. Okay, Cody, what do you think? 
I hate to be that guy, but yes. <laughs> you going same same thing. I it, went. Go ahead. I, you probably went left tackle. Let's be honest. I did not. <laughs> I mean, whoever knows left tackle now. Of course, if I was playing, I would definitely went left tackle. That was my position. But I'll I'll be more specific. Uh, if we can give a, a runner up, I would love to be a a stud running back in the early nineties. Okay. Okay, so I went stud running back early 80s when you had names like Bo, Herschel, Barry, Bo, uh, Barry Sanders. Uh, those guys during the early 80s, to me, was those names will always be synonymous with college football. And it's, it go, that, that, that group is why I wanted to ask this question because no matter what, as good as they were, the era fit who they were in the fact that they were running downhill in those offenses, no matter if he was running the wing T wishbone straight ACE, ISO plays didn't matter. You were lined up for that offense and they succeeded in a way that nobody else could. So I went running back early eighties for that reason. Man, and the only, and the I, only way you would get that now we've already seen it is you'd have to have someone who's, who's a freak and superhuman and Derrick Henry, because yep. you're not, see that anymore with this type of offense that is ran today exactly exactly all right so next question uh like i said we're moving away from football so you guys are just like i am you like a good meal food's a big part of football anytime we're sitting here watching games right what is the best topping on a burger best topping on a burger Anything, and I'm counting this, uh, sauces, toppings, anything, as long as it's above the ground beef, what's the best topping? Pepper jack cheese, applewood bacon, wickles, and A1 steak sauce. Man, that's, that's strong. Cody, what you got, man? Uh, I mean, now I'm really hungry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely... Definitely any type of like really good cheese is is the goat, not goat cheese, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> and then like a good dill pickle makes it, and this might be like a really fresh tomato will make a burger. Absolutely, I'm yeah. right there with you. I like that. Mine's I like the Western burgers, man. Put me an onion ring on there, some barbecue sauce, and some cheddar cheese. I'm good to go. I'm as simple as that. That's to me, that is the ultimate burger topping. Toppings, really, multiple. Um, that's just that's my go to every single time. What kind of buns do y'all like? Uh, have you ever heard of Dave's Killer Bread? Of course. We got a, the factory here, the bread factory in Tuscaloosa now is Dave's. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Dave's Killer Bread. Hamburger buns are are they're legit. They're pretty killer, huh? Yeah, that's awesome. I hadn't been able to try it, but I'm, I won't take you up on that. I'm gonna try it because I'm I've got a Blackstone now, so I do a lot of smash burgers and stuff. Man, oh yeah, so good. All right, so what about you, Cody? Like, who's what's the best bun? Is it the? Are you a big uh, pretzel guy or are you no, traditional? Hey, pretzel line. Uh... No, I like a a good sesame seed bun. Okay, well, as long as you stay away from the drug test, should be good. Yep. Uh, <laughs> no, man, it's hashtag the drug test. 
I'm right there with you, man. I, I, I like just traditional whatever, you know. It, my biggest complaint about bun is the burger itself needs to be the size or bigger than the bun. I can't stand to grill a hamburger and it gets smaller than the bun. I hate too much bread. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, see, I love bread, but I'm just the guy that I want my ratio to be, if I'm eating a burger, I want there to be more burger than anything else. Yeah, you know, I, when the last two bites of your burger are just bread. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The last question I'm going to ask you guys before we close this thing up, and it's been a lot of fun doing this. Of course, college football being back, I'm, I know y'all are excited, I'm excited, and I'm going to go ahead and I'd be willing to bet the house anybody out there listening to this is excited. So the last question I have, is kind of a football, but you probably think more of it in baseball, honestly. And I, I guess you could call this your your song to come out to to, uh, you know, professionals come out one at a time, right? And the, the starters do. But as far as your walk up song, what would you pick as your walk up song? Uh, this is easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure. Yeah, Cody's a Braves fan. Cody. You know Will Will uh William Contreras's walk up song Narcos? Yeah. Yeah, that that's my song. My daughter heard that on the radio one night cuz I was listening to the Braves driving home and she's like, "Daddy, you got to look up that song. I like that song." So I had to look it up and find it and I found it and now it's like one of my favorite songs. Narcos is is my walk up song. I don't know what it is about that stupid song, but it's awesome. <laughs> Just gets you going, man. That's what you got to yeah. have. Plus Will uh plus William Contreras is my boy. Uh, he's one of my new favorite Braves, so that's that's the other thing. I really like that song. I got you. Cody? I mean, I guess because I am a Braves fan, but, man, nothing was better than Chipper's Crazy Train. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when those first notes hit, I mean, just chills everywhere, my friends. You, you knew who was coming up to the plate. Yeah, yep. and that's – that's the thing. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking, do you go with one of the traditional songs that everybody recognizes or do you go with something that is going to be yours, right? And I went with something that would be mine. I guess I'm, I'm, I like to go a little out of the box and that kind of stuff. So I would go with Hell to the King, A7X. To me, that, that right there would have you ready to run through a wall. You may use the bat on the catcher and the umpire, but, you know, whatever. It, it gets you pumped up, gets you ready for that at bat. Or just coming out to play a football game or whatever. That, I mean, that really, song gets you. Best, uh, song for sports to me and moment really was Mariano Rivera with Inner Sandman. Inner Sandman. Oh, by far. I mean, that's Inner Sandman can be played anywhere. Virginia Tech does it. Alabama plays it before games, but it's not, you know, obviously not as big as what Virginia Tech does. He did it, Mario, uh, did it coming out of the pen. It's classic. I mean, who doesn't love it? You know? I, I think uh, ACDC before the Alabama games is like – I know that really didn't show up until we had uh, what's-his-face that went to Georgia and Saban, but playing ACDC now before they come out of the tunnel is like that's the new Bama thing. That's what we're supposed to play. I yeah. mean, Thunderstruck, when that when those first chords get – I mean, there will be tears rolling down my fat face. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're ready to go. We're somebody's I- about to. <laughs> go ahead. Like, well, it's it's about to go down, boys. Yeah, you know? it's time for some murder ball. Yeah, that's right. Murder ball. What what 
about. Well, boys, I hope that uh, this year we see a lot of that joyless murder ball. I hope we come out and dominate as a team. And I hope we see a lot of pads popping, a lot of heads knocking, and uh, we get it going. Matt, I really appreciate you joining joining yeah. Cody and I. Yeah, um, man, that, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, please have me back. <laughs> absolutely. Not a, I'm, not, I'm not as big into, like, golf and basketball as you guys are or, sure. or maybe the uh, – the betting side of things, but hey, I'll I'll give my my stupid two cents. But if any time y'all want to talk uh, college football, major league baseball, or or NFL, I'll, I will be here with with bells and whistles on. Sounds great, man, and really enjoyed having you on. And uh, I we will definitely have you back, um, Cody. Good as always, and I just you know there's certain things with sports and life that you would particularly take on and maybe even mess with. But Cody, yeah, what do we not mess with? Tell you what, we we do not fool around or mess with them horses. Mm-hmm.